Welcome to Naturopathy Today. Your hosts are Dr. Michael Schwartz and Steve Langford. Join them as they guide you on a journey to good health through holistic naturopathy. Now here are Michael and Steve. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Naturopathy Today. And the reason we call the show Naturopathy Today, just as a reminder, is because we're really looking at everything from the naturopathic point of view, which is do no harm, use natural ingredients to right the body, find the root cause of the disharmony, and treat the whole person. Those are the four fundamental principles that I work with, my products are built around, and I believe, Steve, you and your practice also do the same in terms of sharing information and knowledge, yes? Well, this is really the foundation of my education was naturopathy and the many aspects of using nature to stay healthy, to appropriate the things which are freely given to us through nature. And so the idea of naturopathy seems to be a, a comprehensive look at healing that encompasses body, mind, and spirit, and is to me much greater than just saying, take this vitamin, take this herb, and you know this will fix your problem. I think that what we're learning here and we're discussing is the idea that all of these things are important. They're all interconnected. There's synergy in the body. And to have a comprehensive view towards healing is what naturopathy seems to bring to the table, at least in my understanding. So you know, my training it has a strong affinity for the model that you're bringing forward. Good, good. So talking about models, we're talking about the fabulous heart, <laughs> which is a model of its own in a sense that, you know, the heart is the fundamental key to existence on different levels, which takes us to last week, we talked a little bit about faith and energy and emotions. So, and the heart is symbolic of emotions. So continuing along with congestive heart failure and, and getting that under control and understanding it, resolving it, one of the other contributory issues is what is considered to be coronary artery disease, which is also called hardening of the arteries, which I do believe we covered, but to just to reiterate it very quickly, and then we'll move on. Because I remember that we did talk about it, but the way that I presented it may have seemed that well, maybe you just need the, the magnesium, the D, and the apple pectin. But remember, I also said you needed the lecithin, choline, inositol, and methionine to dissolve the cholesterol that held the calcium ions and maybe magnesium and zinc and iron that made the brick wall and made the hardening. So altogether, and I'll say this just once, even though I have a tendency to be redundant, but it's a good thing I don't repeat myself. <laughs> Lecithin, choline, inositol, methionine, magnesium, vitamin D, betaine hydrochloride, apopectin. Those nutrients will be the ones that will get rid of hardening of the arteries. You could also throw in niacin, which I forgot to throw in. You know, one of the things we didn't talk about, Steve, were heart attacks, 
which, you know, to me, it's a whole other animal and it's the end result of emotional conflict. And this is where, you know, we talked earlier last week about the cells not dividing and how essential it is to have a good, healthy, life-promoting diet. We also talked about a couple of sessions ago, I threw out some information about cayenne for your feet, right? Keep you warm in the winter. Yes, I remember. (laughs) Well, there's another thing here with cayenne, and that is, I don't remember if I mentioned it or not, but putting it under your tongue if you're having a heart attack. I think you did touch upon that. Okay, yeah, because it'll help equalize blood pressure. So that's kind of fabulous. Also, if you have had a heart attack, and this is something I did for my father-in-law because he did have one, CoQ10 and proline, which is an amino acid, those two can help nourish the cells and provide them with building material to help them, you know, correct themselves and get back into a healthy working state. Uh, Another thing that's brought about is cardiomyopathy and cardio being heart, myopathy being muscles. So this describes the damage and to the enlargement of the heart muscle. And again, this is not caused by blood flow. So viruses can do it, alcohol, drug abuse, smoking, genetics, even pregnancy. These are some of the things that are in the realm of cardiac issues. I don't know, are there any others that you can think of, Steve? As far as uh, the typical cardiac issues that people experience, those are the ones that I'm most commonly familiar with. Yeah, me too. I mean, you, 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 you know, there are other things. You talked about high blood pressure, and you mentioned the relationship between kidney disease and so on. Um, so are those all going to be perhaps part of any of these issues that one might have with their heart function, they should at least look at these other issues to see if they might be contributory or whether they might be being made worse by the cardio condition. Yeah, absolutely. I I think we discussed how everything is interwoven last week. So yeah, we will get into them. I think the last thing we need to address before we get into like diabetes which is, you know, when you watch the TV commercials, they now associate diabetes with cardiovascular disease. But the last thing is irregular heartbeats or arrhythmias. And to me, that's a real simple solution. And that is minerals. And my cry has always been that people don't take enough minerals. If you toss, turn, leg aches, back aches, charley horses, spasms, palpitations, growing pains in children, TMJ. These are all signs that you are minerally compromised. Now, actually, I would use the word deficient, but according to our government, the FDA, Fast Death Association, they say that there's no such thing as deficiencies So we may be at subclinical levels. Great terminology, right? You're not, you know. Well, you know, sometimes it really helps to understand and parse out what these things actually mean, because then we can make better distinctions and understand perhaps more clearly what's going on. 
Well, with arrhythmias, fundamentally, there's just two types. One where your heart is beating too fast and the other where it's beating too slow. So it's tachycardia, which is too fast, and bradycardia, which is too slow. And when you think about it, it's like with regulating blood pressure, it comes back down to minerals because every thought, and your body runs on automatic on a lot of levels, every thought is converted biochemically and electromagnetically and energetically electricity. It's what runs the body from a different point of view. And as I explained way back when, minerals are like light switches. So if you're dealing with arrhythmias, tremors, shakes, seizures, a lot of that can be corrected with minerals because what you're doing with minerals is you're restoring the electrical conductivity so that the feedback system of the body keeps everything in balance and harmony. And the best way to deal with minerals is to take them at night and do it as a separate multi-mineral. Americans are so, <laughs> and I'm an American, so I know, I feel I can say this about us. We want everything instantly. So I just want to take one pill once a day and get everything I need so that I can maintain fabulous health. And you know, that is possible. Of course, the pill would be the size of a golf ball or maybe a softball. And so getting it inside the body is a whole other animal. <laughs> I was I just thinking that as you described that, um, <laughs> sure, one pill the size of a baseball will do it. Yes, it would. So, you know, when I created my gender vitamins, in fact, I, I don't know if you were aware of this, Steve, but I actually created the concept of gender vitamins and introduced them into the marketplace back in 1987. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I, if I could have trademarked some of the concepts that I've introduced to the health food industry, we would still be doing this. <laughs> I have a lot to share. So when I did that and I made my one-a-days for myself and for my wife and my kids, I still, you know, we still own the preteen market. Uh, there are teen vitamins and for men and for women. Meanwhile, I separated out the minerals at night and the vitamins during the day because the minerals, the reason I did minerals at night is because I came across a study a long time ago that said that the first urine voiding of the morning was mineral rich compared to voiding throughout the day. And so that led me to think in terms of gravity, which led me to think in terms of minerals falling out of suspension, because as you know, when you're sleeping and the body's in a somnolistic state, it's in a rebuilding state. It's fixing things. It's trying to come back to balance and harmony. That's when I started minerals at night, vitamins in the morning. I think if people were to do the minerals at night, those symptoms I gave a little minute ago would all disappear. The arrhythmias would disappear. They'd be in fabulous shape. I don't know if you do minerals separately or. Well, I do minerals separately, but I've always done them all together in the morning when I take my vitamins. But you've really <laughs> given me something to think about because every once in a while, you know, I wake up at night with a foot cramp or a 
uh, cramp in my calf or something like that. It's usually when I have to get up and go to the bathroom. <laughs> so it might be my, my, my body just waking me up, but that's when I'm bothered by it. So I'm thinking, I'm gonna try this, take some minerals at night, uh, especially my magnesium, and you may recommend others, but um, I'm gonna give that a try. So I'll report back to you one of these days as to how that's working for me. Absolutely. I think you'll find you'll sleep better, deeper, and you'll wake up more restful. And I'm a multi-mineral person. To me, nothing in nature stands alone. And so that's why I do not sell single nutrients. Everything I do is in combinations. I would, you know, I would complement the magnesium, obviously, with calcium, maybe some vitamin D, things of that nature. Now, I, I know you're not here to just necessarily talk about your supplements, but in these gender formulas, do you have a mineral formula that people take at night in, in your line? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, in fact, actually, to my knowledge, and I really don't care what anybody else does, but I think I'm the only company out there that does a macro, micro, and trace all in one tablet. Of course, it's not sure. a one-tablet formula because that too sure. could be like a football. It's all in one, and you can take in as many as you need. Yeah, I usually take whatever falls out of the jar. <laughs> <laughs> it's a four-tablet formula, but like I say, I may take five or six. And one of the signs that I know I need minerals, that I've had a, a, a very stressful time, is that if my leg starts to jump because as a kid I had polio, so there's a breakdown in communications from time to time. And so when my leg starts to jump, I know that I need more minerals and then calms down and life is good. Well, one last question regarding that. Um, is the evening meal late enough or should they be taken closer to actually the time of going to bed? Closer to going to bed. I take, you know, like I said, I take uh, four different products at night before I'm ready to go to bed. Minerals being one, D being another, prostate because of my age, along with recovery signs. So that's my evening thing. I do the recovery in the morning as well with prostate. And that's the only minerals I do in the morning. Everything else is vitamin oriented. And I usually do them a half hour to 45 minutes before I'm going to go to bed. That way, it allows me to begin that relaxation because from ingestion to uptake is a 90-minute cycle. That's okay. why if somebody is on meds and they want to take a product for getting off of meds, then I always say, separate your meds from your nutrients by 90 minutes. Allow the uptake that way the nutrients won't interfere with the meds. So they, you know, it'll alleviate your fear of them creating a problem. And on the other side of the coin, the med will not interfere with the nutrients. And that way you'll get the benefit of the nutrients. Last but not least are strokes. And it's easy to prevent them, so to speak. Obviously, we're back to diet. Get rid of the fried foods as much as you can. Minimize your dairy, your saturated fats, trans fats. What happens with a stroke is, as you know, Steve, is that the cells will aggregate, they'll clump together and maybe even break free from the side of the arterial wall and clog up a pipe. And before you know it, you could be brain dead or certainly kill a certain portion of your brain. So the best thing to do, and I think we talked about this once before, 
vitamin E and ginkgo biloba, those two nutrients alone prevent cells from sticking together. They coat the outside of the cell, keep them from sticking together. The other things I would throw in there would be obviously the lecithin, choline, and inositol. Is there anything you would throw in as uh, a blood thinner? Well, the, I don't know if this actually qualifies as a blood thinner. And you know, one of the things that I take regularly as a preventative, maybe, um, I had a family history from a father I didn't know who did have diabetes and cardiovascular health issues. So knowing that I might have something from him that might be a factor, I take the enzyme natokinase. I always kind of thought that being an anti-clotting enzyme, that that just might give me a benefit along with these other nutrients that you've mentioned. And then the other thing that I had a question about, I know lecithin has choline and inositol. Is it enough to take the, the lecithin and get it from that? Or are you suggesting that additional amounts of choline and inositol in addition to the lecithin? In addition. Okay. Yeah, because those are the kind of nutrients that will also help build even more lecithin because of, and or lecithin also breaks down into them. And because of our diets being what they are, and again, what you know is not considered is how the liver works in protecting you from toxins by storing them in the fat. So we really want to break down as much of the toxin-laden fats as is possible, because if those cells continue to grow, then we begin to see the increase in breast cancer, brain cancer, testicular cancer, prostate cancer. You know, they're kind of rising. And what's really interesting, because in our next topic will go back to cancer, is lung cancer is number one. All the things that people do, the smoking was number one. And vaping, they found, it is really horrible. And of course, I got into a thing about watching one of the commercials. I'm sure you've seen it where the woman is, you know, holding that towel and ah, doing that thing. Oh, yes. Right. Okay. So, you know, so I was going to do a whole repertoire of, do you wake up on wonderfully smelling sheets and have some kind of aromatic something going on in your shower and then you have some other kind of aromatic thing in your towels as you're drying yourself. And of course, you threw some stuff in the washer. So your underwear has a great aroma. The only thing that may not are the shirts that come back from the cleaners. But hey, you could always spray them. And so we are drowning in fragrant gases. And I don't know how, I mean, I really don't know how they work because I'm not a chemist so to speak. I love the, you know, the visual they give you, but I really don't yes. understand how it works. I, I don't know if it's blocking your sensors so that it nullifies the smell or desensitizes you to the smell so that the gas is still there. You're still yes. breathing it into your lungs, except now because of whatever other chemical you're breathing in, it has desensitized your ability to differentiate that smell from clean air. 
I've had that same question and I actually did a little research on it. What I came away with it is that it seems to um, envelop the odor molecules. It doesn't get rid of them. They're all still there. They're surrounded now by a, a chemical compound that you've added to it. So all we've done is removed our ability to sense the odor. And isn't that typical of how we so often approach problems? If we can mask the symptom, if we can mask the smell, if we can mask our pain, then everything is good. When all we've done is really mask it and just hidden it from our senses, it's all still there doing whatever damage it does. It's such an interesting way that we look at how we're typically quote unquote, improving our lives by simply hiding that which we find distasteful and or painful, or we just don't wanna face the truth that maybe we gotta be cleaner, maybe we gotta buy better food or whatever it is that really solves the problem. The typical way is just, well, let's just hide it. Well, you know, there's, I wanna give you another perspective on the five senses. And with the sense of smell, if something is presented to you that stinks, <laughs> you can discern it through smell. And sometimes somebody will give you a really stinky thought. So that's the emotional association of smelling, to be able to sniff out the truth of something and also to be, you know, to throw your hands up and, you know, hey, stay back with that thought because that thought stinks that thought is corrupted, that thought could poison me. People never think about the senses from that point of view. But it's the same thing with your taste buds. If we make it loaded with sugar or loaded with salt, you'll accept it. Okay. And so much of the falseness of life is presented that if you bring in the sweets, you're going to have a sweet life. Oh, my God, no. Okay. And so by masking your tongue, you can't taste the truth of something. Same thing with eyes. You need to be able to see danger. You're able to see deception. This is why you need to have eyes to see, ears to hear, to hear the truth of something. And the sense of touch, you know, it goes back to you wouldn't grab a hot poker. You learned a long time ago, something radiates heat. You don't want to touch it. Well, there are certain things in life you just shouldn't touch. There are certain ideas that you shouldn't hold on to you know, constipation kills. And that's, that's some of the emotions wrapped up. So anyway, I could get into a whole other thing about that, but we're running out of time. So the last thing I want to do is give an overall of the signs and symptoms of cardio issues. And if you've got them, see a cardiologist. And there are naturopaths who do specialize in cardio uh, pulmonary issues. So here we go. If you've got a fluttering in the chest, a racing heart, a slow heart, the tachycardia as we just talked about. If you have chest pain, shortness of breath, anxiety, fatigue, lightheadedness, dizziness, sweating, fainting, or near fainting, these are all things that you should get in touch with a doctor, I would say rather quickly, especially if you could relate to more than one of those symptoms. Steve, any last minute thoughts? 
Well, I think it's important for people to realize that we're not suggesting that people don't need medical care or don't need their doctor. We believe that there is a proper place for doctors and that what we need to do and what I find that doctors are particularly good at is doing the diagnostic tests, perhaps revealing something to me that I can't see or detect on my own. And maybe, fortunately for me, it hasn't been the case that they may prescribe a drug, but I understand that that drug is not what's going to to cure me. It's maybe gonna help manage these symptoms and that might be life-saving in some of these serious conditions, but still it all comes back to if we really want to seek health, we need to use proper medical care and proper naturopathy. It seems like we want them both, but naturopathy to me is the foundation. We need to do that all the time, regardless of our state of health. See a doctor when you need to and pay attention, but use that information from the doctor to learn more about your own condition and what you as an individual can do to enhance your chances for success. So I just want to make sure that people know we're not throwing out the doctors. We just don't wanna use that as a sole source of, of health because it's not. True, there are fat, you know, what, what I do with my clients, the first question I always ask is, what did the doctor say you're dealing with? Because yes. that tells me what nutrients they need. Yes. So they they serve a purpose. Everybody serves a purpose. We can learn from everything and everybody. Learn what it is you're dealing with. That puts you in a place of power. And then you use your quiet strength to correct everything that needs to be corrected. And on that, we will see you next week when we will jump into cancer and try to kill that bugger. Because as I said, I think in the last episode, I thought it was an alien life form. Let's not give it any life in your temple. So until then, God bless, be well, and we look forward to seeing you next week. I know seeing is an expression. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> take care, be well. Thank you, Michael. I've always enjoyed it. I look forward to it. Thanks, folks, for listening. If you have any questions, let us know. Thank you for listening to Naturopathy Today, sponsored by MNP, Michael's Naturopathic Programs at michaelshealth.com. Join us every Monday for the latest episode in this journey to excellent health on all levels.